As we start tonight, let me read from Luke uh, chapter 2, verse 7 through 20, our Christmas story. And the Bible says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And they were filled with fear, and the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there, w- there was with the angel and a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. You know, this is uh, really one of the greatest stories when you think about the witness that we have in Christ. That the shepherds had this experience uh, with God where the angels appeared and they declare who Jesus is that has been born on that Christmas night. He had been born on that Christmas night and they're declaring that to them. And what do they do? They go to find Jesus because of what heaven has declared about him. When they go to search him out and they arrive at the place where, of course, we know there was a star that was over him. We know that the wise men sought him and they traveled to go and see Jesus. And we think about everybody that was coming that night, uh, there had to be a line that began to build up to see this Jesus. You know what I'm saying? You know, last night, uh, it was last night, right? You took the kids? Okay. Uh, Everything runs together in the holidays for us, doesn't it? (laughs) She took Elijah and Judah last night. Her and Vanessa took them to... uh, get a picture with Santa Claus, and uh, they went to the mall. Anybody done that with your kids? And uh, the line was extremely long, and so long that as they waited, the kids started getting restless. How many of you know that, you know, an infant, <clears throat> and basically tomorrow, uh, Elijah will actually be two years old, so an infant and a two-year-old, um, keeping them occupied for a long time gets really hard. But the line was so long they didn't actually get to to see Santa Claus. I want to ask you, is the Christmas season, does it reflect in our time a line to see Jesus? Are Are there the kind of lines that in one day that people would literally wait for hours to get to see Jesus? Are people lined up out these doors to know about this Christ who was born on this night or is it the commercial aspect of this holiday that people line up for I say that people line up more for the commercial aspect than they do for what this season's really all about we see it talked about all the time and of course in our in our um, 
society today on the news, you know, out in the world where it's turned to happy holidays from Merry Christmas, and we see all the, the back and forth that goes over that, but, but I say the reason why that is is because um, people have stopped witnessing about Christ. I don't think that the word Merry Christmas will make as great an impact on people's lives as a Christian, as a person who has faith and has come to that relationship with Jesus Christ, stands in line, if you will, to know their Savior, spends the time that's necessary to have that meaningful relationship to where just like the shepherds, you're having an encounter with God. Now, angels might not be showing up and horns blasting and all of that going on in your relationship with God, but I want you to know where you read the scriptures and you read the stories and they have an impact on your life and you can reflect on the things that Christ is doing in your life, you can go and witness. And as you do, faith will rise in the hearts of those that you touch. And I believe that people will begin to line up again to see Jesus. Come on now. I believe people will be touched by what God has touched you with. And as that happens, I think that it will begin to take a greater um, precedence, you, if you will, than the commercialized aspect of this holiday, then and only then will Merry Christmas be something that can't be silenced. You hear me on that? Not because it's a holiday, but because it's a living witness that you cannot silence. That's better than you're letting on. <laughs> Let me share this story with you. Last year, while uh, at a mall, um, his mom and a seven-year-old boy watched his children lined up uh, excitedly to see Santa Claus. Having been taught as a little boy that Christmas is, is a holiday that Christians celebrate the birth of God's son, with such innocence, he turns to his mother and he asks, where's the line for Jesus? And I challenge us tonight, start building a line for Jesus, amen? Let me read to you, uh, you know, when we look at the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John um, um, story of, of Christ coming into the world, what we see is we see this babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. But John 1, 1 through 14 talks about uh, when Jesus came into the world. It, it actually gives reference to it as being the light that came into the world. And so I want to read from John 1, 1 through 14 tonight, and we're going to reflect on that a little bit. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let me, let me do it this way. In the beginning was Jesus, was Jesus and, and, and this Jesus was God, and, right, he was God, and he was in the beginning with God. So Jesus was with God in the beginning. When you think about it, uh, we know the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what's known as the Trinity, that they, they were together in heaven. There's a part where they say, um, when you look at Isaiah's passage and it says, uh, whom shall we send and who will go for us? You see, that reference, that prophecy is all about uh, who will go to redeem mankind for us. And so what you have is Elohim, which is the pluralistic um, uh, characteristic of God. Pluralistic in this is that he's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And in that, who will we send? Who will go for us? Now in that, Isaiah says, here I am, Lord, send me. But we know Jesus in heaven, before the foundations of the earth, before anything was put in place, it, the Bible says that the Lamb of God was slain before the foundations of the earth. That Jesus committed to give his life for us before anything was formed. Knowing that when God gave mankind free will, they very well could turn from him. And what will be the plan to redeem them? Jesus is that plan. And John 1 is saying 
this Jesus came. In the beginning, he was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right, say the right, to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. Not, not our birth into this life, but of God, it says. That through Jesus Christ, when we place faith in him, by the grace that God gives us, we come to him and we believe that God sent his son into this world. Yes, he's, he's born a babe, wrapped in swallowing clothes, lying in a manger, but he was born a savior king. He was born with the purpose to die for our sins. And that's exactly what he did. To do what? To allow light to begin to dispel darkness, to drive darkness out. Let me say God is very involved in lighting the darkness of this world. When we think about it, hope was gifted to us, peace was gifted to us, joy was gifted to us, love was gifted to us because of the advent of Christ, the coming of the Christ. All these gifts are made possible because Jesus is the light of the world. Let me share this story with you. Uh, as a, a young boy, uh, Robert Louis Stevenson was intrigued by the work of the odd lamplighter who went about with a ladder and a torch setting the streetlights ablaze for the night. One evening uh, in Indenburg, Scotland, as young Robert stood watching with child fasc childish fascination, his parents heard him exclaim, Look, look, there is a man out there punching holes in the darkness. I want to say that Jesus, when he came to this earth, Every time a person accepts the gift that Jesus Christ is and the salvation that he brings, what happens is, is Jesus is punching a hole in darkness. Each and every one of us, and even tonight when we, when, when we finish up tonight, we'll, we'll sing Silent Night. We'll light our candles, our candlelight server. We'll light those candles, and, and you'll see each little light is actually piercing the darkness that will be in the room. And that's what Jesus is doing when he comes into the heart of a person because they allow that free will is yielded up and says God I yield the free will you gave me so that I can actually live my life according to your will not my own what happens is, is Jesus punches another hole in the darkness of this world if you find that you're in darkness tonight I want you to know that Jesus can and will lead you into the light if you respond to his call and come to him by faith amen you remember the blind man, uh, John 9, the blind man, uh, Jesus comes upon him and, and he's there and he's blind and he's, he's calling out and, and uh, this, is the, this is the man that basically what we have is we have this display of God's grace 
and his love and his miraculous power by Jesus spitting on the ground and basically picking up a little bit of the basically mud that he's making, the clay, and he basically smears it together and makes it nice and slimy. This is really attractive on Christmas Eve, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and what he does is he, he anoints or, or he wipes it on the guy's eyes and then he tells him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Now, if, if you understand, the guy can't see. Jesus has put this mud on his eyes and basically for his sight to come back, for him to see, for that, that, that hole, if you will, to be punched in the darkness of his life, he's got to respond in obedience to what Jesus has asked him to do. I submit to all of us this Christmas season, look, when we see the baby wrapped in swallowing clothes, he couldn't, he couldn't hurt a flea, could he? But I want you to think of him as the King of kings and Lord of lords. Think of him in, in this light. On this advent, when we recognize that God sent his son to die for our sins, that, they, that we look forward to his coming again, that there's an advent, the coming of the King of kings and Lord of lords. And, and when we stand between this advent and that one, there's something about recognizing who he is when he comes as king of kings and lord of lords, that the innocence and the, and the grace and, and the humility and, and all the things that existed in the manger, it's easy to accept that because, you know, no harm can be done. But it's important to be obedient to the reason that he came so that when that final day comes, well, the Bible says that the heavens will roll back like a scroll. His hair will be white as wool. His appearance bronze and his, his eyes aflame. A tongue like a sword. Now is that literal? No. The point is, is you get this image of a king of kings and lord of lords. He's coming back to execute judgment. He's coming back to establish all the fights and all the mess we see in the world today. Everything that we see going on today is the will of mankind and needs the witness of believers so that what happens is people experience the first advent God sent his son humble born in a manger couldn't harm anyone why because that was his intent he doesn't want any to perish but all could to come to everlasting life so he wraps that baby up could he have rolled the heavens back like a scroll then sure would anybody been arguing with him no but he chooses to reveal his compassion and his love so that we can respond of our own free will. And in doing so, we become witnesses for the next coming of the Christ. Amen. Hmm. That blind man, in obedience, went to the pool of Siloam. And what he does is he washes his eyes. And his sight is restored. And as he begins to um, come among the people, they're kind of like, is that, isn't that the guy that was blind? And some are like, well, he looks like him. Others are like, no, it's him. And he's like, no, it, it's me. It's Jesus. That, you see, he, what did he do? He began to witness. He was in darkness. Jesus brought him into the light, and he became a witness. So I'm going to ask you tonight, all of us, right, were in our trespasses and sins, we were in darkness. And when Christ was revealed to us, let me, let me give you that reveal. Give me a tissue. Can somebody give me a tissue? No tissues. I do this often because I want us to under, understand. Revelation. Say revelation. A revelation means to unveil. 
to unveil. Basically, it's not seen, and all of a sudden, a revelation. When you have a revelation of Christ, it's like, well, I know about Jesus. You know, I've seen what movies say. I've seen what the news say. You know, all, you know I heard my, my dad say this one time, or I heard this person say that. No, Jesus is meant to be revealed to us by himself. That's why uh, Jesus turns to Peter when he says to Peter, he says, who do men say that I am? He's, well, some say you're, uh, you know, Isaiah, you know, Elias, you know, Elijah come back from the dead. Some say John the Baptist. Who do you say I am? He turns to Peter. He says, who do you say I am? And I'd ask you tonight, who do you say he is? And all of a sudden, Peter responds to him and he says, thou art the Christ. Peter recognized that that baby that was born, that now is a grown man, that that was the first advent and it was fulfilled, the coming, the advent, the coming of the Christ. And Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon, bar or son of Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven has unveiled this to you, has given you a revelation. You once were blind, but now you see. Thank you. Does that make sense? We were blind, but now we see. Very important for us to recognize that is the reason that Jesus came. A world that was in darkness. God sends the light so that we can see. He punches holes in that darkness. So where it comes to unwrapping the gift of Christ to really understand what it is to unwrap all of this, to really experience and know Christ is to understand that his purpose is so that you won't be in darkness, so you won't be lost. Say amen. He doesn't want us to be lost. It's like, well, I've been saved, so I, you know, I'm good to go. You never found yourself in, in the midst of your salvation and relationship with Jesus still wondering about life, wondering which way to go, wondering what to do, wondering how to deal with this situation or that situation, how to deal with the sin that might creep back up in your life, because that is darkness. God intends us to live in the light as he is in the light, is what the Bible says. So it's very important for us to understand walking and coming into the light doesn't mean that we don't keep going that way. We need to keep following Jesus, and to do that, we need the light. Amen? Have you ever lost something in the dark? You ever been out in the dark? Lost something? Give me an amen if you have. I'm pretty sure all of us have. What's the first thing? You're in the dark. You've lost something. You want to find it, correct? What do you do? You just look around in the dark. You start looking for what? Light. Now, nowadays, we got our phones, and it's just like that LED light's like, chink, you know, and, and the neighbors are like, what the world? Who turned the lights on, right? They're so bright by comparison, but what do we do? We search for light so that we can do what? So we can shine it. We can shine that light so that we can do what? We can seek what we've lost so we can do what? So that we can find it. That's exactly what God did, sending his son in this world. Let me leave these three points to you tonight where it comes to unwrapping your gift in Christ. Is it's no different than when you lose something. So when you're in that place and you're wondering, like, where am I at? What's going on? Allow Jesus to do these three things in your life, and you'll experience the gift of all that he is. Recognize, number one, that Jesus is a shining light. Ephesians 5.14 says this, this is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. 
look to Jesus, he will shine on you and he will illuminate the things in your life that you need to understand so that you can, number two, be found. Jesus is a seeking light. He's a seeking light. John 8, 12 says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And when you think about it, the final one, number three, is recognize Jesus is a saving light. In Psalms 1, uh, excuse me, Psalms 27 and 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You know, as a pastor, the one thing that I'll look at is, is, is just the interaction I have with people. And oftentimes, really, they've got things going on in their life that causes them to fear, causes them to be afraid. But I want you to know Jesus came to shine his light on you. See, we, we look outward for solutions a lot of times, don't we? We need to start looking to the one that, that lives on the inside of us and call upon him and ask him if he'll shine his light in our life so that we can see our life the way he means it to be. And we'll seek after that. And let me give you another one there. Your word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among men. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And what happens is, is God's word, Christ, begins to shine on you so that you can seek his path so that you can be saved in all those areas that cause you trouble and fear in your life. Can you say amen? Very important for us to remember that tonight. We're going to light the candles in a few moments. But I want you to remember this. When God sent Jesus as a baby, and I think of our next year, purpose over preference. So often the things that matter to us in life are the things we emphasize in life. Our preferences in life begin to to block out, if you will, darken the light that Jesus is meant to be and all of that in our life. When we stay on purpose where it comes to following Christ and we're asking Christ and calling Christ into our life, again, he is shining that light in those areas of our life so that we can live life the way he intended it, abundantly. That doesn't mean everything will be perfect, but I promise you, you'll never lose. You'll never lose your hope. You'll never lose your peace. You'll never lose your joy. And you'll never lose your love if you can keep Christ at the center of your life. Come on, saints, that's true. Keep him at the center of your life. See, Christmas rolls around and we start to reflect on this story, which is good. But understand that, that it's just a reminder of the way that our life should be. Our year, like my New Year's resolution, no, I mean the way our life should be. That when this reminder comes back around, it's a great measure. Is Christ the center? Because on that night, Christ became the center of the world. And for what? For the purpose that he was born, the day that he was crucified, when you go to it, basically, you know, he separates time. B.C., A.D., all of a sudden, you know, everything centers on him. You get what I'm saying tonight? And so it's not about one time of the year, but that time of the year can certainly be a time where we assess, am I enjoying and living in the light that God gave me or gifted me through his son, Jesus Christ? Am I living that every day? 
it's a great time to assess that because if I live in that light, I become a witness for others to see and to find who Jesus is. Amen? Amen. Let me read this passage out of um, Isaiah 9, 6. We've read it a couple times uh, over the past four weeks, but I wanted to emphasize one key area in this, so I'm going to read it and then emphasize. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. You think about it, going back to the first line, unto us a son is given. That passage really grabbed me this week. You mean unto God a son is given. He's the only begotten son of God. No, unto us his son was given, gifted to us so that we could experience and enjoy everything that he brings with him. Can you say amen? Here's what I want to challenge us to do tonight as we sing this song. Is there darkness in your life anywhere tonight? Are there things you don't understand? Look, darkness isn't just sin. Darkness can be a lack of understanding. Are there dark areas in your life? Are there things that you just cannot see tonight that you need Jesus' help so that you can see clearly? As we sing this song, what I'm going to ask you to do is kind of begin to release those things to heaven and ask Jesus in the midst of that, if he'll come and he'll shine a light on those areas of your life so you can see more clearly how to honor him and live for him and be a witness of all that he is in your life. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you so much again for Jesus in our life and the gift that he is. Lord, I pray for all of us. Father, I pray for our city. I pray for our country. Lord, that... Uh, that we'll all begin to open the gift of Christ so much more in our lives. That, Lord, we'll allow for hope to take root in us. Father, we'll allow for peace to take root in us. Father, joy and love. That, God, they would drive our day. And that, Lord, we would be witnesses of all that you are, especially, Father, the saving grace that we have through your Son, Jesus Christ. That, Father, our lives will be dedicated to live for purpose, Father, over our preferences, and that, Lord God, we would see the impact. We'd see the impact in our marriages, Father. We'd see the impact, Lord, in our families. We'd see the impact, Father God, among our friends and family, with the people we work with. That, Father, the grace and the love, Father, the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, would reign in our lives, and that, Lord, the world would look and see that they would recognize that there is something different Lord God there's something different in us there's something different coming out of us God there's something different going on around us I pray these things in Jesus name I pray father that all of our families would have a tremendous Christmas tomorrow as we celebrate your son God we adore you we honor you and we praise you tonight and everyone said Amen and amen. Hey, God bless you. Listen, um, again, no service tomorrow. If you show up here, we love you. The doors will be locked, and you will not be able to get in. Well, I guess we could leave some cookies like we would for Santa out front for you if you happen to show up here. Um, but look, I'm looking forward to this next year. Again, our next service is January 1st. And so uh, 
you know, we look forward to having you back with us as we kick off the new year. God bless you. Enjoy your evening. There will be refreshments uh, at the back so you can stick around and fellowship a little bit. We understand if you need to go and you have other traditions that are going on. So on the count of three, one, two, three. God bless you. <laughs>